1: Off the draw, near point, Jake Gardner, he'll cradle the puck, his shot tipped right on, Saros gets across, a couple of times, another chance, they score! Jordan Stahl out in front! Justin Williams from the back of the goal, 16.37 left to go in the opening period, Carolina off and running! This
2: is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold.
3: Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, morning after edition. Adam Gold with you will be joined by Corey Lavalette of the North State Journal in just a little bit. Before we get to everything, a reminder, subscribe. Download it. Give us a five-star rating. Maybe I'll throw you something uh, fun. I have nothing fun, but I'll throw you something. All right. Uh, So much to talk about tonight in what was, in my estimation, the best start-to-finish performance of the season. And that's with understanding that Nashville played a very good and very desperate third period. Once Carolina got up 4-1, they did tilt the ice in front of Peter Morozik, but Morozik was as big a story as anything that happened in this game. But this is the way it's supposed to look, and that's what Rod Brindamore uh, will talk about in the post game. We're recording this before the post game even started, but I can anticipate what Carolina did tonight in Nashville is the recipe for how they need to play for the rest of the season. The trick is they're not really built to play that way on a consistent basis. But whatever happened, be it moms on the trip, uh, be it whatever they ate last night, maybe they went to Top Golf. I don't know. All I know is this: Carolina was great tonight. Their first two periods, the first forty minutes, the best forty minutes I th- I think I have seen them play. Best first forty minutes all year long. Support scoring check. Nino Niederreiter scores a goal. Jordan Stahl scores a goal. Forecheck, incredible, especially in the first two periods. They played behind Nashville's defense a lot. Great sticks, controlled the neutral zone, goaltending. Mrazic was outstanding tonight. I think there were the only blemish, really, on Mrazic's part was a fluttering puck that uh, he should have caught uh, like it would have been a, just a simple fair catch, as John Forsen always calls it. Uh, but if for somehow it didn't go in his glove, John talked about it, went through the webbing. Uh, no, I just missed it. Uh, very Scott Darling-ish. But we're going to throw that away because Morazic was great tonight. And this is the Peter Morazic, for the most part, that we saw in the last 15 games a year ago. It's the Peter Morazic we'll need to see if the Hurricanes are going to make a playoff push and go anywhere in the playoffs. It was a tremendous, tremendous game for Carolina. So let's uh let's look at a bunch of things here. Uh it starts early, 323 in uh Jordan Stahl gets a rebound goal. Actually, it wasn't a rebound goal, it was a great pass from uh from Justin Williams. Uh shot from the point, gets through. Fogle gets a stick on it. Uh, the rebound comes over to Justin Williams. I don't understand how Williams didn't score there. It was a great save, I guess, by uh, by UC Soros. Uh, but Williams ends up collecting the rebound behind the net, and the rest is up to the captain. Off the draw, near point, Jake
1: Gardner. He'll cradle the puck. His shot tipped right on. Soros gets across a couple of times. Another chance. They score! Jordan Stahl out in front. Justin Williams from in back of the goal. 1637 left to go in the opening period. Carolina off and running.
3: Carolina didn't score anymore in the first period. They had plenty of opportunities, and I went on with Alec Campbell on the first intermission on the radio. Uh, And we were talking about some overpassing in the first period, and there were chances. Uh, Martin Natchez, who played a wonderful game tonight, had an opportunity to shoot the puck, uh, made an extra pass, wasn't necessarily the right pass, didn't get through, no shot on goal. Uh, there was, uh, same thing. Brett Pesci, Tevo Taravano all did it and that's fine. I mean, this team is looking to make plays and that's good. Uh, they passed up some shot attempts and they had a ton of rebound chances tonight. And this is maybe the type of a game you want to see. Shoot the puck. Go get it. Uh, I go back to the Arizona game, which was turned around on, if I could use a basketball term, offensive rebound goals. Uh, so we move ahead to the uh, to the second period, and this is three minutes after a controversial goal that was allowed. It should have been goaltender interference. Don't know why they reviewed it and didn't wave the goal off, but they didn't. Uh, so three minutes after a controversial goal, right off the draw on the power play, it's Andre Svechnikov, uh, rattling it in.
1: Kyle Turris in the box. The Canes have their first Powerball power play of the night. They are number 11 overall. Svechnikov scores and rolls around. Andre Svechnikov has points in eight consecutive games. The Canes answer back on the power play. 16 15 left in the second. 2 1, Carolina.
3: I mean, right off the draw, Williams makes a great anticipation play. Um, because actually Carolina didn't win the face-off. Nashville won it. They're bringing it around. uh, And uh, Williams cut off the pass, the little feathered pass to Svechnikov coming forward. uh, And just inside the far post off the right wing, it was a a tremendous wrist shot. And it's uh, 2-1. Quick answer to really uh, a terrible call and a bad goal. Uh, And then... Uh, about four and a half minutes later, Nino Niederreiter uh, was there in the right place at the right time. I do believe I'm anticipating the great one, John Forsland.
1: Justin Williams had the only assist on the goal by Svechnikov. He has two points tonight. Off the draw, far circle, Nanchis, cross ice, Edmondson, a one timer, sings wide. Partial tip by Nino Niederreiter out in front. Natchez comes calling. With three defenders, they score! Nino Niederreiter! In the right place at the right time as they power one to the house. And with 11.58 left to go in the second period, Carolina has a 3-1 to lead.
3: Just tremendous puck pressure there for Carolina. And that line was great tonight. The Hall and Natchez Niederrider line was dynamite. It was really good early and didn't score. Uh, but in that particular play, I mean, they got pucks in deep. Natchez ends up recovering the puck uh, as the high forward there, and he keeps the play in. Uh, shot gets through. Edmondson, a one-timer, uh, goes just wide, I believe, or it might have been uh, you know kicked into the corner by Soros. But because Carolina was so all over the place tonight, they were first to every puck, uh, and ultimately, Holla Natchez Rider picks up the rebound. Was I don't know if that was a, that necessarily was a shot by Natchez. Uh, but uh, he carried the puck into the right to the top of the crease, and it just squirts over to Nino, who puts it in. So big goal as Carolina now has a two-goal lead, and you could tell they keep pushing here. They didn't get another one, but again, I mean that second period was actually better than the first period, and the first period was great. So Carolina doesn't start the third necessarily great. Uh, first couple of minutes seemed like it was spent mostly in front of Mrazik, Uh, but ultimately it's. Sebastian Aho extending his own point-scoring streak. Remember, Svechnikov had extended his point-scoring streak to eight. Aho says, I got you two better. Trevor Van
1: Riemsdyk off the far boards. Laid out by Terrapina for Svechnikov. A cut on Yossi. Springs Aho right in just wide of the far post. Beautiful combination work. Van Riemsdyk, bubble by Soros. Recovery. Then he can't get the last one. Sebastian Ajo. With a cash-in. 15-27 left. Hey, hey, what do you say? 4-1 Carolina.
3: Here's the thing about uh, Ajo, Taravainen, and Svechnikov. They're getting better and better. I mean, they were good in the first period, but I thought they were Carolina's third best line. But they took the game over. I thought they were dynamite again tonight. Uh, and this is, I don't know how many games in a row since the Arizona game, where they've been, uh, at times, Carolina's only good line. Uh, Tonight, they were, as it turns out, by the end of the game, probably the best of Carolina's four lines, but Carolina, I mean, there were no passengers tonight, Uh, and this is the kind of game they need to, uh, to pursue a playoff spot and a quick check of the standings, and we'll talk about this with Corey Lavalette of North State Journal. Philadelphia, 73 points. They were a winner over Columbus tonight. A big win over Columbus, 5-1. Uh, Islanders were idle. Carolina, Columbus, and the Islanders all have 72 points. They are in a three-way tie for the two wild-card spots. Uh, the Islanders have one game in hand over Carolina. Carolina has two games in hand over Columbus. Uh, but the, uh, the Hurricanes have the edge in regulation wins. Again, uh, and we're going to talk about this in just a second with Corey Lavalette, I can't recall the Hurricanes playing a better first 40 minutes. I can't. So uh, with all of that said, Corey Lavalette will join us in a sec. As we bring in Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Love. He has the hockey name uh, right now on this podcast because I don't. All right before we uh, before we go down the checklist I'll just start with this broad brush it can you recall a better first 40 minutes that this team has played this year
2: no this was reminiscent of last year wasn't it yeah just the way the it wasn't even so much the uh, the offensive the the way they played offensively but the way they got the puck out of their own to end quickly uh the defenseman quickly just uh Moving the puck up and letting the the forwards do what they need to do. Uh, really, top to bottom, amazing performance.
3: Yeah, like, and it. I also think they got good support from the forwards. There were there was somebody to help out, help relieve pressure when there was pressure. Uh, and then Nino said it. I guess it was after the second period. And I thought this was evident all night. I thought it was evident from the first shift of the Halla Naitchus Niederreiter line. Is that they played behind uh Nashville's defense a lot tonight. I mean, uh Williams gets the puck out to Stahl. He was behind the defense. Williams gets the puck on the power play, out to Svechnikov. He was behind the defense. Uh Halla and Niederreiter were below the uh below the goal line uh, on the play that eventually ended up being Niederreiter's goal. I mean, they this again, it it, it did look a lot like last year and i mean i understand why we haven't seen it uh but i'm sure rod brindamore wants to uh show that on the plane on the way home
2: and let's be totally clear that's a really really good defense too yeah i mean it you know when you you heard the arguments last year about who had you know the best defense in the league it was often carolina and and nashville um so that I mean, they're stacked, you know, top to bottom. Obviously, Yossi's an incredible talent, but it's not just him. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, you, you talked about the, uh, you know, the forwards getting back and helping. I mean, Natchez had two plays that, to <laughs> me, just illustrate what he can be for the next 10 years. You know, he, he back, back checks once and makes a play in the slot to, to, to stop a scoring chance. Doesn't even just stop it, but just picks the puck away and skates away. Yeah. Uh, and then he negates that icing by closing on, I don't, I don't even remember which player he was closing on, but I mean, he closed that gap in three strides. Um, yeah. just, uh, uh, you know, and he's not, obviously he's not the standout defensive forward on the team or anything, but when you're getting that kind of effort out of a 20 year old guy who's still finding his way in the NHL, um, I'm sure it drags a lot of guys into the fight.
3: Yeah, it was interesting. You bring up the, uh, and and i remember both plays distinct distinctively because i thought i again uh, i one one of the things i had written down or i think it was Natchez's most complete game of the season uh, and he did not score a goal he did get on the score sheet with an assist but he didn't score but i i mean to me this was his best game and um but that the, the negating the icing was that was a situation where carolina was like we're going to ice the puck because we just need to get it out of the zone and they were willing to accept the icing uh, just to relieve the pressure, and I, I saw Natchez, and I just uh, I, I tweeted out. I mean, who shot Natchez out of a cannon? I mean, that that was like, I I mean, it was like uh, Usain Bolt. He was absolutely flying. Um, I, uh, yeah, so. I,
2: I I I had tweeted out that it reminded me of uh, of playing Tecmo Bowl in the defense <laughs> The defensive player runs you. That your buddy Joe will appreciate yes. this reference.
3: No, I but, saw uh, that. It was right. you were you right.
2: Know, only there's no zigzag running away <laughs> to to get into the end zone. He, I mean, he was. It was. Uh, it's something else. I hope that the NHL learns from the NBA's success this weekend and really just gets the best guys in their All Star Skills Competition uh, because that's a guy who. I think you have to find a way to get him into some kind of fastest skater contest.
3: (laughs) My gosh, he, I mean, he is breathtaking to watch skate. There is absolutely no question about it. All right. So I went through a checklist of uh, stuff and Corey Lava North state journal is here. Um, support scoring check. So let's, we're just, before we move on, um, I thought the hollow line was exceptional tonight. Um, it just looked to me like Eric was probably faster than he has been in a while. I might be imagining it. He just looked fast tonight. Uh, So what did you see from that
1: group?
2: From the first shift? I think right after the first shift, they were out there. I I tweeted out that that was a great shift by that line. Mm -hmm. You can tell pretty much right from the get go, they were engaged. Uh, You know, I kind of wonder if a lot of this resurgence from Eric is about playing with Nino again. I mean, he, you know, they played a lot together when they were in Minnesota. Um, you know, Nino referenced it, uh, Mm -hmm. a while back saying, you know, they probably played 200 games together. Um, I wonder if that's part of it. And, you know, he also has the chemistry with Marty, uh, Marty Natchez haven't played together pretty much all season. So, um, you know, I thought, I thought they were great. I mean, Nino could have, could have scored three tonight. He had two early in the game that he didn't put in. Um, or one one that he he shot wide, one that he just couldn't get a handle on, uh, and doing it at the place they need him to do it, which is within four feet of the net. Um, and like we said, Natchez was fantastic, and Haller looked he looked great. I mean, they. Uh, one thing I said during the game was this team just went from a one line team to a three line team. Now the fourth line, uh, there's there's still I think there's still something to be. Had there where they have to figure some things out, but um the top three. I mean, if you have three lines that are rolling like that, where I mean, if, if the Jordan Stall line can score once a night, um, you know, you're set.
3: <laughs> I'm going to get to the stall uh, line in a second because I do think that was a, the underlying story of this. Um the the fourth line wasn't necessarily great, but I thought the fourth line did what it was supposed to do. Um, it was bothersome. They didn't get. They certainly didn't get dominated uh, by anything Nashville threw out there. I thought Walmart played his best game in a while. I thought his game had really taken a dip over the last few weeks. Um, but McGinn was a kind of a, a pest. You know, Ryan is still trying to find his game, and it's unfortunate he's right now on a fourth line. Um, but you're, you're, you're not playing with a traditional fourth line center. Uh, so he and Walmart... I mean, there's a chance to take advantage of some of the lesser teams maybe, uh, when they get uh when they get on the ice. What do you think the psychological uh impact is Jordan of Jordan Stahl scoring and then we'll get to the other guy other old guy on that line?
2: Yeah, I mean I know that it's it's easy to, to take Jordan down a peg or two because he doesn't score a whole lot and He's the first one to admit he doesn't have the softest hands in the league. Uh, We've talked, I don't know how many times we've talked about this, but, uh, (laughs) um, you know, he's not shy to admit, you know, like that he's not, he knows he's not a goal scorer, uh, but you can tell when he gets one, uh, it fires the big man up and he's, I mean, he's a handful every night, no matter what. But when he's really feeling it like he was tonight, uh, and and the beautiful part of it is he's not your first line center in this scenario you're coming up over the top with him and you're just sicking him on the other team's best forwards and it's you know especially when you're when you miss you know you're missing Dougie and while Dougie's not by any means a shut down defender just the fact that Dougie contributes so much offensively you know it's the whole idea of what Corsi and puck possession Mm -hmm. is is, you know when he's out there they're in the other end of the ice because that's what he does uh when you get that offensive con- contribution out of Jordan, it's just, you know, that extra scoop of gravy on top. And he uh, he looked, I thought he looked really good tonight. He was, you know, the penalty kill, it, it wasn't like a get the puck, throw it out every, you know, every time they set up kind of thing. But they had to kind of buckle down and block shots, you know, table blocked a shot. Uh,
3: yes, he did. <laughs> um
2: you know, you had they had to buckle down and, and really kill those penalties. It wasn't like a easy kill any of the times. And he I mean, defense aside, Jordan's the guy that you know stirs the drink on, on the PK just because his wingspan on his size takes up so much space. And uh, like I said, if you, if you're getting goals from him too, all the better.
3: All right, now let's get to the other old guy. Um, I talked to jo- uh, to Justin Williams yesterday. And um, he felt like his game was close. Well, I guess he knows. Because the the passes that he made tonight, I don't, still don't know how he didn't score the first goal. Uh, that must have been a phenomenal save by Soros uh, to stop Williams, or maybe I don't, because I don't think he missed the net uh, from there. But the pass to stall, and then the, uh, the anticipation on the uh, the power play goal to get there, intercept it, and feed feather a pass to Svechnikov. This was more of the Williams that uh, not only that we need to see, but that we saw in the second half last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's be totally blunt. He has not been great. Um,
3: that's that's so, not that's not blunt enough to be honest.
2: The the last five or six games, he's you know he, he's. Looked half a step slow. He's looked like you know he didn't quite have a handle on the puck, and then uh, he gets the puck tonight and he starts. You know, he gets up against the boards and he cuts back and forth, and he takes away the disadvantage he has by being a step slower than he was ten years ago, Uh, and then he's ten years wiser on top of it. And you see it on on you know on the Svechnikov Svechnikov goal more than anything, where. Like you said, he anticipates that pass, and then he's like, all right, who's the best shooter uh, within 500 miles and puts it right on his tape? (laughs) And, I mean, Svechnikov just buries that. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, I mean, him playing with Jordan, I think, is going to pull Jordan along. They talked about this a little bit on the broadcast. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll pull Jordan along, and, you know, Fogle gives you enough of that kind of – I hate to keep calling him a puppy dog, but that's what he reminds me of. He's a great Dane puppy. He gives you that kind of, you know, 16-week-old puppy energy where he just, you know, you unleash him for 45 seconds Mm -hmm. and he runs around like a crazy person. (laughs) Uh, And he's got two trainers to keep him in line, but, you know, it it keeps them smiling kind of thing. Right. Uh, So, I, God, if you can get... It, like I said, if you can get to three lines really having one quality scoring chance every period, and, I mean, that top line is going to get more than that anyway, um, you've gone a long way toward figuring things out, I think.
3: Uh, yeah, and actually I thought the uh, the top line, like, in the, in the first period, I thought the hollow line uh, was their best line, uh, okay. followed maybe by Stahl and then Aho, Taravainen, and Svechnikov, and I don't think they were bad. Uh, but as the game wore on, I thought the uh, you know the two Finns and Svetch just kind of imposed their will on the game. There were there were many opportunities. I mean, it was only a four-one game. I mean, this game could have been much more one-sided in terms of a score. Uh, Carolina through through forty minutes. I mean the uh, the possession numbers uh, according to Natural Stat Trick, and sometimes I don't understand what they're seeing. Um, but it looked very much like a one-sided game through uh through 40 minutes all right let's uh let's go on to goaltending and before we get to peter Marazic, uh do you know what goaltender interference is
2: hey look yeah everyone always makes the spinning wheel joke and i think that's the best thing you can do i, I it wasn't one of the more blatant you know i'm running into the goalie ones but you know, at some point we have to say if the guy is, you know, if he's the aggressor and trying to get to the paint, and I mean, what's Trevor supposed to do there? He's he can't fall back onto Morozik, so right. he's just kind of holding his ground. Um, you know, if you're not allowed to give that guy a cross check in the back anymore, I don't know what else you can do. It's, uh, you know, it, thankfully for them, it doesn't cost them anything right. uh, other than other than Rod's perfect record uh, on the <laughs> challenges. Did. <laughs>
3: um, so so what, what's your best what's your best explanation for why they didn't overturn the goal?
2: I just think it was a there wasn't any kind of impeding contact. You know, I haven't gone and, and read the. You know, they shoot that email out the second right. that they make a decision. I haven't even read it yet. But I mean, my best guess is that they just said, "Well, like, you know, it, he didn't have a skate in his pads. He didn't have a uh, stick." impeding him so he should be able to move and when in reality when all of that space is taken up in the area that belongs to the goalie
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh you know goalies make their money moving side to side and you can't do it if there's no place to push off of.
3: Do you remember last Uh, year in i think it was at new jersey right before the end of the season it wasn't it was it was two years ago in new jersey it's an afternoon game and williams on the top of the crease he had like half a skate in the crease and they waved off a goal there really wasn't contact between Williams and the goaltender I just thought if you were there I mean to me mm-hmm. it's goaltender interference and he was he had bolt skates firmly in the in the middle of the uh, of the blue paint as somebody used to say um yep. uh Eric Cole texted me I was going back and forth with him. that that's one of the all-time great name drops right there um <laughs> Cole said that maybe the the ruling was that Van Riemsdyk didn't let Arvidson out. I
2: don't I mean but
3: I mean honestly there, he doesn't understand it either.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean what it was he would have to be pretty much holding his his fight strap to keep him I mean. Right. <laughs> you know, uh it didn't make like sense. he was he was kind of like holding on for dear life to not fall backward. Um but uh like you know like I said luckily it doesn't end up being a a, a true factor in the game other than the fact that it keeps Peter from from getting another shutout.
3: Yeah, but who knows? I I was going you know, kind of spitballing with people on Twitter. It it also could have been the moment that really sprung them to become even more dominant than they were cuz as good as the first period was and I thought the first period was great, to me the second period was better. Now to uh now to Peter. I mean, that's about as good as Peter's played all year. Cuz I think he there were chances. He he wasn't bored. Although I think in the second period he was bored, but even in the first period, which was a great period for the Hurricanes, Peter had to make some really good saves uh, in the first, and then he held him in in the third when they, you know, had a couple of uh, power play chances against them. Um, it could have been it could have gone the other way. I mean, Nashville could have gotten back in this game, but Peter was great.
2: I mean, speaking of the crease, I don't think he was more than a step and a half outside of it the whole game, and that's when he starts to get a little you know slidey and and yeah. wandering wandering with his goaltending is when one of two things is either going to happen he's gonna make some spectacular ridiculous save that we talk about for three months or uh something's gonna look bad and uh tonight he was really you know they goalies love to say quiet he seemed pretty quiet um the that initial save he made with his glove where he he caught it with his glove and it popped in the air and then he immediately grabbed it again. I said, "Oh, it looks like maybe, you know, obviously you want the goalie to hold it on the first try, but uh but I thought, you know, well maybe he uh maybe he's onto something here cuz uh he seemed dialed in right from that moment."
3: Yeah, was it um what was the the breakaway with Johansson in the first period? Uh, uh cool and this is be. what what was it again?
2: Coolest could be.
3: Yeah, and what what I really liked about it, and this is the difference in terms of style between Reimer and Morazic, is that Peter challenged and kept him, he was still big, right? James has a tendency to let the, let the play come to him more, uh, and that's what happened on both the, the third and fourth goals by the Oilers on Sunday, is that he was so deep in his net, there's more goal to shoot at. Uh, Peter Peter is fearless. Peter comes out and challenges, and that's what he did there because there were only a couple of moments in this game that made me go, ooh, what's going on here? Uh, and that one was an Edmondson turnover uh, that led to the breakout, and then the other one, Edmondson, kind of uh, got caught flat-footed and ended up taking a penalty. Uh, but mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, there, there just wasn't anything to really go, I didn't like that. Uh, including about players. I thought players, I mean, Jake Gardner played well tonight. Pesci and Slavin were uh, their usual selves. I mean, uh, I'd love to be able to see this again on Friday against the Rangers. And uh, lo and behold, uh, the hurricanes, the Islanders and the blue jackets all have 72 points and they're tied for the wild, the two wild card spots.
2: It's uh, going to be a, a very interesting post Julian Gauthier era. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: He's going to score on Friday, right? I mean, I assume. Are the Rangers bringing him up?
2: Uh, they said they assigned him a number. Uh, I was joking on Twitter today that, you know, I had made the joke ahead of the Hurricanes mom trip that, you know, what would happen if you trade a player in the middle of the mom's trip? Do they take the jersey away from the mom and, you know, <laughs> send her send her on her way? Right. Uh, and then – the Rangers are on their mom's trip. So I'm like, Oh my God, is Julian Gauthier going to show mom going to show up and like walk up to Don Waddell's office and give him a talking to like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Will she do it in French? Like I, <laughs> the possibilities are endless.
3: Hey, it's uh, better to have a mom's trip than a dad's trip with Julian Gauthier's dad. Right.
2: Right. Well, I, I made the joke about the, you know, him going up to see Waddell and, uh, Somebody responded that uh, they're going to have to call Rick Dudley back to have a little muscle.
3: (laughs) Dad and Grandpa get the whole. They they, they don't have a Grandpa's trip, do they?
2: Uh, I don't know, but that's the Hurricanes will call in Grandpa Dudley to come in. He can, he can grab some skulls. I bet. Uh,
3: Absolutely amazing. So uh, I guess uh, (laughs) uh, Mama Stall is going to change teams.
2: That's uh, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, if if she's smart, she'll stick with the team that's got a shot to make the playoffs. But uh, I don't know. I guess I guess she's missing Chicago, so she'll probably she'll probably make the flip to uh, to to the Rangers for the Hurricanes game.
3: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Rangers are well. They're not really in the race yet, but the Rangers have been playing really well. Uh, and who knows who we're going to see in goal? I know my wife wants to see Lundqvist. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be him. Uh, they are He's the third best goaltender on the team right now, and that is absolutely remarkable. All right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal. Follow him on Twitter, at Corey Love. I thank you much, my friend. I will see you at, uh, at practice on Thursday. All right, bud. And that's it. That's a wrap. Canes aren't going to play a better game than that over the course of the next even 23 games. Uh, So they have to figure out how to get as close to that as possible. Uh, But a big game against a good team, a good team playing well, coming off three straight wins over playoff teams. Uh, And now we'll see if Carolina can carry that into the game against the Rangers on Friday night at PNC Arena. For Corey Love, who I thank very much, a quick reminder, subscribe, rate it, download it, do whatever you like, just listen to it and enjoy it especially after a feel-good Hurricanes 4-1 win over Nashville. The Morning After podcast says we'll see you on Friday night. Bye.